Good evening, friend. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your Monday? Uh, it's good. I uh, had a sick kid for the weekend, so this this but she's mm. all better now. So this Monday is a good Monday. Um, and I'm good news. since I've been doing the school thing again. My Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays are have been very full in a very good mm. positive way. It's like one of those. Um, uh, the way my I'm very fortunate with my work that I can go in a little early, stay a little late, and then my cl- my classes are an hour and a half or hour and a half long. So I'll work 45 minutes before and 45 minutes after, within mm. the middle of the day doing, or or I won't take a lunch and I'll take you know half hour either way. Sure. Um, but that that just means that my day from beginning to end is full, 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 busy, super busy. <laughs> um, so my, my semester, this is how, I guess this goes to my Monday, is that, is that I, I feel that I've woke up at 6 o'clock this morning, and here we are right now, and I haven't stopped. Just, it's a good thing, though. It's a positive, right? So all of that to say you're not having a case of the Mondays? I'm not having a case of the Mondays. You, you know? That's a, that, that's a little foreshadowing. <laughs> do, do you ever go into work and... Hey, can we, let's start, like, can we, I know this, we, we like to talk about a little bit of stuff. Can we start into that? Because I, I don't want to not... You say that and me start talking about office quotes all the time or and then offices. and then go straight into the OK, yeah. I don't have any updates except that I've been playing WoW Classic. I actually got in WoW Retail a little bit because it's Brewfest time, World of Warcraft's Oktoberfest event. And I've been over at the house a lot, got all of the second floor trim cut and I'm starting to prime that to paint. Well, the floor trim, baseboard molding, as we call it. Um, and that's my. Uh, Monday update. So yeah, we have another double feature this week. It's a surprise double feature. Surprise double feature. We didn't say this last week, but my sisters wanted to watch Forrest Gump, and so we also watched that a little bit early. And uh, but first, we're going to talk about uh, Mike Judge's 1999 Office IT quote unquote comedy. Uh, office space. This is a comedy, uh, but it's it's yeah, it's just I don't know a drama <laughs> too. I think I get like, I put it squarely in the comedy. It's it's definitely comedy, but um, uh, before we get into it, I'm gonna hit the spoiler bell. Uh, the, well, there are definitely things about this movie that are important. Like it's not, uh, the ending, it's not about the ending, but it still sort of is. So if you haven't right. seen this is. and you, you are, or know someone who is, or may work in any kind of professional office environment. Do yourself a favor and go watch this. The 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 lessons, even though it's a twenty year old movie, the 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 lessons and significance of this, uh, you know, sort of parody, are uh, are valuable. I think. I, 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 but the other you should side, watch it and then come back and listen to us talk about it because we're going to quote it and stuff and talk about <laughs> the ending. But uh, the, the, yeah. the other side of that is, if you aren't familiar with those kind of tropes, because you don't work in those environments, and honestly, hopefully. The world, at least in America, has tried to go away from those tropes because of them. Mm-hmm. Is it's hard? It's harder to find them. It's, the show's not as funny. 
I, I watched part of it with Sid. Granted, she's only 13. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, and some and so, uh, I, I watched it, too, with somebody who was kind of younger. And they don't they don't get like the Lumbergs. They don't like, the, you know, people. Right. it's because now it's very much like there's uh, HR training with how to deal with people. And there's just so much touchy feely stuff in the workplace these days that, you know, because of lawsuits or whatever that you have to go through and do that. You can't have fluorescent lights in your in your place. You can't have the cubicles really anymore. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is something I, I watch this with my sister. She's 34 mm-hmm. and no, 33 whatever it's not important (laughs) she's in her her early 30s and i said uh i said i have been fortunate enough to have never worked with anybody or for anybody who didn't appreciate the comedy of this movie sure does that make sense like um you know i started my professional career working for our buddy trotsky and you know they definitely were like as long as you're as long as you're dressed well enough, you know, to go to a grocery store, to be in a public place, um, you're fine. Like you don't, you don't wear a suit to work. Like what's important is the work. Um, you know, we're not a public facing company and actually I've never worked in a public facing company like that. So that's part of it. Yeah. Um, even, even in this movie, like what these guys are doing is another thing that, you know, millennials and younger are not going to understand like what was y2k um, yeah y2k was a big thing well, well also like sid had no idea that the joke was completely lost on her and the printer and that to me was one of the best parts of the whole segments of the movie was like the yeah. printer was great my, my sister said that too she's like just mostly printers just work now or something like that or they've maybe they've become so cheap that companies just replace them when they're broken or people um, just don't use them Right. I mean, yeah, people use them a lot less now, hopefully. Yeah. Um, So they they uh, but that I, I, you know, I lived and worked in a place that was kind of like that back in the early or mid 90s. And um, Mm -hmm. they, you know, I was had experience with those things. It even was mildly just a little bit of experience, but you still had the like PC load letter thing. And like mm-hmm. the, the the frustration that these guys go through in their day to day life with the monotony of, of of businesses, it hopefully it's not like that much anymore. A lot of places that you'll go to, even front forward facing businesses where they're dealing with customers all the time, you know, try to like even customers don't want to go into places that have terrible fluorescent lights and and you know they want to go into nicer, at least places that we are. To work in. Yeah, it's you've got these you've got these ugly tiny cubicles and all this, but the the things that struck me the most because these are things that I'm sensitive to were the people in positions of authority, um, either playing games, mental verbal games, or um, not listening and also not saying anything. Yes, right. Like you get that in the the first the first day when when you know, Peter's in the office and Lumberg comes up and tells him about the cover sheets on the TPS reports. And then the other guy comes by and tells him again. And then he gets a call from somebody else. And in, in almost every scene with Lumberg until later when he stops showing up for work and actually gets some of Lumberg's attention, Lumberg never hears him say anything. No. Like 
He talks. Lumberg does not listen. He waits. And then he speaks again, regardless of what Pete, Peter says. Right. He, he, and he always says that. Yeah. Right. He's like, I, I, this came out in 99. That's the year I graduated high school. So when I was in college, my last couple years, um, Oh two, Oh three, we would quote this all the time. We're like, yeah, <laughs> could go ahead and meet us at, that would be great. great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then on the other side of that, you have this guy who is, um, Jennifer Aniston's boss in, you know, a kitschy chain restaurant which that one actually um, still i think is pretty right on it's right probably not that inaccurate there's mm-hmm. actually a whole movie about that that's even more crass than this one is called waiting mm-hmm. with ryan reynolds um but yeah this thing where he's just playing games with her like he wants her to put more buttons more pieces of flair on her suspenders and she's just gonna do exactly what she's told Right. Right. There are a lot of people. I tend to be that way in my in my professional life. I'm like, tell me what you wanted to do so that I can meet that goal. Right. I want to understand. I want to have a clear path instead of a really vague, like, give the website a little more sizzle kind of BS. Yeah, I'm I'm not Um, I'm not like the thing about this show and with her job and Peter's job is that they're there to work to make money they're not there because they like mm-hmm. it that's that's kind of the key and they they repeat that several times throughout the the movie is that like it's why do you do this it's like because it's it pays good money and they, they always say what right. makes it a good job because it pays the bills you know and and that's i mean that's the thing is that a lot of people are in these jobs in the world that are just to pay the bills they go to work not because they want to make the company better and like what you do is for the company that's not what mm-hmm. people go they go because they want to make money and then get out of there right here's a here's a funny sort of talking about old stuff in college whatever when um we had my buddy Sean on my old uh guild guild leader um when they first formed up a discord where people were talking people started digging up and sharing their old screenshots or videos from the old days mm-hmm. and i dug for a while and i was like uh, i must have deleted you know wiped it out at some point but i've got dropbox and i eventually found a folder with not a lot of screenshots but a bunch of images photoshops that i made to put on the forums because we used to use forums yeah. for discord and I had the screenshot from this movie where they have the big banner, is this good for the company? Right. Except I had photoshopped it out, so it said, is this good for the guild? Right. Which is what, I don't, I have no idea what the conversation was that led me to do that, but it was that kind of thing where like, what kind of decisions are you making? Are you, you know, are you farming up your things to sell so that you have gold for your repair bill are you doing what's best for the guild right instead of and what's it was best always for you to have a good time for you it and it was you know it's it's always been a little bit tongue-in-cheek but um yeah i mean you think about what this guy's job is if you're you know an it professional like we are the if any of the listeners are younger and don't know what y2k is um all of the uh, not all, but a lot of computer software that was written before the year 2000 um, stored the date using two digits for the year. Um, 
it's funny it's exactly how he explains it in the movie <laughs> so they would say 98 instead of 1998 1998 and there was this fear that when the year rolled over all the records would just become worthless and and corrupt corrupted you know the, data, the computer would think it's data. 1901 because the the yeah the computer would think it's 1900 so like banks and whatever would give a company like Inatech access to their code their code base and then these guys would have to go through every line for anything that referenced a date and like update the database system or or whatever in the software you know that was probably written in the 80s yeah so it's already like 20 year old software so it's very like it's it's drudgery but very low um fault tolerance right like people working in a factory are doing drudgerous work. I don't know if drudgerous is a word, but <laughs> they're doing like repetitive mechanical kind of work. Um, but it's just it's just repetitive, like make sure everything's lined up, then push these two buttons and that goes down and then the next one comes in. You just do that over and over and over. This is just as boring, but your mind has to be engaged in what you're doing to like look at every line. So, and then, and then that's just the work itself. Then on top of that, there's all of this corporate nonsense where there are all these people saying nothing. And they go through this whole thing with the consultants where, you know, there's a lot of the best uh, quotable lines in this movie, but um, you know, this whole idea of he gets offered a promotion and the two guys who are actually doing good work, are going to get let go just nobody knows why because it's all um because the bobs just didn't get him right 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 just didn't get didn't didn't like him didn't get a good feel for him or whatever or the they're really just paying attention to the wrong things yeah with the michael um, bolton thing the michael bolton thing yeah yeah, yeah the, the the thing about this with it, it, there's so there's a couple things i was going to talk to you about like that i noticed okay. that i noticed this time watching that I had watched more because I, I I've seen it several times, but I haven't seen it in a while. Um, yeah, same. So, I, but so I got, got to notice, Oh, Oh, this is this. And especially since it, let's say it's been seven years since I watched it and I've, my career has gone through things and, and I work in this field. Um, I, I noticed some things. So one thing I noticed was that, um, this was the period of time. I mean, we still as it people have problems with, some people seeing our jobs as magic, right? It's And it's just like, sure. you just, to do what you do, you just know how to wiggle your fingers. You're not actually doing anything important or intelligent. <laughs> you just know how to wiggle your fingers to make the magic work. And and everybody seems to, you know, for, at least during the, the 90s and late 80s, they just came this, to this uh, conclusion that computers were important and could do a lot of big things, uh, but we just didn't know how to wiggle our fingers right. And we didn't have the time to deal with learning how to make our wiggles. Anyone could do it. You just had to put the time in to figure out how to, it wasn't like an intelligence based thing. So it professionals mm -hmm. did not get a lot of credit at all. They, they were just like, okay, you, yeah, we need you for this job, but we don't really want to pay you type <laughs> thing. You know? And then that's when software developers were really pushing for like, Hey, you can't do this without us. And, it's a very high skilled thing. I think, I mean, we still 
go through that a bit today, but it's getting better and better as people graduate college or kids, millennials here, you're getting right here. I'm going to say something good about millennials, but younger people, they go through, (laughs) they deal with technology from a young age and they realize the complexities innate in these kind of things. It's not just wizarding to them. So, so they value like what a developer and it programmer is and stuff like that. But back then they were just cogs and wheels and they, 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 the companies treated them like that. Just like these three guys here, they were just the guys that they could run over and like, Hey, we can get anybody to wiggle the fingers like magic users to do this stuff. Um, But this movie, not only was it, Oh, hold on real quick. Another thing that I noticed too, I had forgotten or just, I don't know if I ever realized that his Peter's change in this movie was because of the hypnotizing thing. I had, Mm -hmm. I had totally forgot about that for some reason. I had it in my head that he just like got fed up and was like, I'm done with this, but I forgot the, (laughs) <laughs> the guy with the heart attack when that scene was happening i was like oh, oh wait is he did he die i don't remember this i'm like oh yeah okay uh, but it, ch- it changed the whole thing because you know he's just now just very chill with everything yeah yeah i don't know i uh if you're gonna go out i guess that, that's the way to go out right just ignore your boss and and walk around and this the way i really loved how he did to lumberg is he just kept walking around him and not paying attention right. to him and right which was the greatest thing to do. Like with a guy that's going to be passive aggressive to you, if you can, anyone in life is going to be passive aggressive to you. If you can just not care, it's the best thing in the world. Sure. Right. Yeah. Cause they're banking on you. Uh, yeah. Doing that. There's a, there's a, uh, an episode of letter Kenny where they do that. The one character, the one guy tries to give the girl the silent treatment. And he explains it because it's funnier, you right. know, in a comedy. He explains it to his friends. He's he's like, they're like, are you upset with her? And he's like, yes, of course I'm upset. They're like, why don't you say something to her? He's like, no, that's not how it works. I say nothing to her. And eventually she wonders why and asks me about it. <laughs> and they're like, but why don't you just, why don't you just tell her? Like, okay. <laughs> and, you know, it's that, it's that kind of you know, passive aggressive gameplay, stupid stuff. Well, the, the, so what was it? What was a couple here? Let's put this, pick two favorite people in the whole movie that were your favorite characters. And then what's your favorite bit or scene in the show? Cause there's a lot Uh, here. There's narrow it down to two people and one favorite bit. Not that they're not all great. Mm. I mean, the the character of Lawrence is pretty funny. He's um, by the way, he's my number one. Lawrence is yeah, great. he's he's pretty good. He's like, hey man, um, hey man, I'll I'll, uh, I'll pretend I didn't hear it too. Or what does he said when like they said, don't tell anyone else. I won't tell I anyone won't t- either, guys. I won't tell no one either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's pretty good. Um, and of course, his his immortal line of you know, two chicks at the same time. Right, right. <laughs> uh, what would you do then? I, he's like. You mean besides two chicks at the same time? Yeah, besides that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's really the whole story is about this one guy. Um, although Milton is pretty funny, too. Apparently, yeah. this movie is based on a on a short story called Milton, because that's the whole, like, that's the big picture that's happening around all of Peter's Yeah, Peter's, P- Peter's just a small thing, but Milton's getting wrecked um, the whole It's time. hard for me to pick. Like, my friends and I would quote 
almost every line of this movie were like, what are you, you're not going to go to class? They're like, nah, I don't really like going to class. I think I'm, I think I'm not going to, not going to go. <laughs> um, and of course all the, all the Milton lines, uh, this is the movie where I learned about Godwin's law, even though I had, we didn't call it Godwin's law yet. And I had probably used it because when I was in college, I used to argue with people a lot, futilely. <laughs> uh, but of course the line that I'm referencing is, uh, you know, the Nazis had pieces of flair. They made the Jews wear. <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> and I was like, I remember hearing that when I was in college and I'm like, wow, that's such a, that's such a solid, like you automatically win the argument, but it's kind of shitty. <laughs> that's right. Like, yes, that's Godwin's law. I just didn't know what it was called. Th yet. That is too soon still. Right. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, the, the, uh, I, I, Lawrence is my favorite. I, I think that Milton is probably number two. If I pick two, it would definitely be Milton. I mean, just cause mm -hmm. every, the, the actors in this movie, actors or actresses, they, they have, um, just good acting parts. I mean, it's, it's not a, it's, it's not a, like a big drama piece, but each one of the ones that are great that make the movie great are great because of that. Like the Lawrence, I don't know if the director told him what it was or, and the actor just made the character. But like, if you put somebody in there, I guarantee it wouldn't be the same kind of character. Right. <laughs> Milton, the same yeah. way, the way he talks and the way he did. Yeah. And even, and even Samir and Michael, like they're pretty small parts, but you know, Michael's whole character of nerdy white guy that listens to a lot of hip hop is <laughs> right. so classic. Like, you know, I've known a couple people like that. Right. And uh it's just uh it's a funny Yeah, the 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 kind the, of scenes, let's see the scene that I that I'm I like the most um oh I mean I think all the montage of 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 him um oh I know what it was cuz it's hilarious is the uh when he's trying to get away from work early so that Lumberg doesn't you know, ask yeah. him to stay for the weekend ask him to come in and, right. and he, and he's hiding and he saves his file and it takes forever to uh, load <laughs> more and more progress bars. show Yeah. Up. And then it yeah, finally does. Was, it's like progress bar, progress bar. <laughs> I was like, I was like that, was, that was a throwback for sure. So good. Well, it still happens today. You're like when, when you're loading or installing a game and it says installing, installing, and then there's blah, 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 blah. And it just keeps like, why, why does it keep telling but me every first, file? First we got to, now we got to install the new DirectX, and we got to install the uh, the .NET framework, and the, and nobody yeah, cares about those progress sure. bars because they don't tell you yeah. anything. Yeah, you. which was good. So, I, and the thing about that scene was that like the progress bars never stopped and hung; they kept going, but they were just painfully slow. Like, yeah, in real life, they'll they'll stop and hang. Like that was right. I forget which game, but there was one of those where like it would get to like eighty nine percent, and then it would stop. You're like what? what happened we got here so far and now we've been here for the last 20 minutes now this this movie is really very dated though and i mean the, the computer itself software is just very noticeable how how old it is and and the the cars and the the buildings and like this one is one that you're gonna it's definitely gonna be like oh that was looks like an old movie because of, of stuff like that um especially when he's playing tetris and he's like yeah can you can you talk to me later here it's like not now, Lumberg. In fact, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and and 
maybe come back later. Come back later. That was um, that was a pretty great little scene too. Yeah. That, that bit there when when Lumberg tries to talk to him about stuff, he's like, "No." And he he finally just gives it back to him. Yeah, that's good. All right, let's do final judgments. Ready? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, this one's a little tricky, but do you think this movie is on the list because it is just an enjoyable, fun, good time movie, or it's significant in? The history of film. Oh, it's just it's a good, good movie. I don't think there was really anything significant in cinematic history, but it, it or did anything new. Um, so for me, history. I'm going somewhere in the middle with this because it's definitely funny and a good watch. Like, as I said, I've never worked in an environment like this, but I can still appreciate all of the BS of it. Mm-hmm. And I've said BS probably too many times, mm-hmm. but... Um, I also think I think it's significant not in the sense of it being a particularly amazing or noteworthy film as far as filmmaking or film history but I think and you know maybe this is too much to lay on this one film but I think it's I think it was influential in culture not in the way that like you say something has cultural impact like uh like the James Bond franchise yeah. where somebody who had never seen a Bond film knows, you know, Bond James Bond lines and stuff like that. That's sure. just very popular and very pervasive in the culture with merch and advertising and whatever else. Um this is a thing where like you said in in a lot of places especially in the US and I don't know, I can't speak to really the u.s and even less other countries Mm -hmm. but we've hopefully gotten away from this kind of office culture with just immense amount of wasted resources and and focus on the wrong things yeah i mean after this like the series the office came out which also helped further the goal of, of what in the the normal world idea of what is not supposed to be an office Right. Yeah, like for all the people who have not had the fortune or misfortune to work in an environment like this, I mean, in this, in the case of this movie, it's definitely misfortune. Um, shed some light on that and show people that, like, like look at the reality of this system where you're following all these steps and procedures and and sending these memos over and over. Look how much waste. Like you've got this guy who has some kind of talent and potential and is by his own admission, working 15 hours a week. I mean, 15 minutes a week. Right. Um, and so I think for people on the, on the low end, the workers, the, you know, your average office worker watches a movie like this and goes, yeah, I don't want to work like a place, work in a place like this. And for the more, um, whatever people who become administrators and managers and, and, you know, small business owners or whatever, watch this and go, man, this is really inefficient. Maybe we should focus on something else. And obviously, or I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be seen that way. And you know, obviously there are books and, you know, motivational speakers, Ted talks, all that kind of stuff that have influenced this cultural shift. But I think, I think this movie played a big part. Yeah. This one and accident and the office eventually. And then, yeah, into the office. Right. Uh, so we we do doing a double feature this week because you said 
you decided, you guys decided to watch Forrest Gump, which is kind of a heavy, heavy thing to sit down and watch. I mean, it's it's when you had texted to me saying that you're you're going to watch this one, it was going, <laughs> it was one of those like, oh, these kind of movies are a strike when the iron's hot. Like if you're feeling it, you're in the mood for a Forrest Gump movie, you watch it. Mm-hmm. You, you don't you yeah. don't wait until later when when maybe I'll want to watch it later. No, no. This this is another one that I've seen many times, but not recently. Um, so. I'm going to hit the bell again because we're going to spoil Forrest Gump. This movie is from 1994. This, I did not realize, is a Robert Zemeckis film. Mm-hmm. Uh, same guy who made Back to the Future. Back to the Future, right. And that was really interesting to me because then I watched some, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, some theme like recurring themes or not even recurring themes but like scenes that would happen and then the same scene would happen again like it's a different thing like he's a kid getting on the bus to go to school and then later he's a young man getting on the bus to join the army and the exact same thing happens and i'm like oh there's a little bit of that uh zemeckis uh, time time travel back to the future uh, <laughs> kind of storytelling um, methods right there. yeah so this is uh, yeah. Tom Hanks when Tom Hanks started to become a really big like on dramatically I mean he had done things like big before but he was really a kind of a he did a lot of comedic roles and he's, he did comedies earlier yeah this let me see. Because he, he did he did do some other kind of dramatic roles, but this one was like one that submitted him. Okay, this guy no doesn't just have chops, he has the chops and can yeah, do and it's, anything. When we talk about we talk about certain actors that are beloved who really only play one character, I always think of um Audrey Hepburn or even John Wayne. John right. Wayne was significant because he had a more real understated kind of acting when everyone around him was still silent film acting. Right. But Audrey Hepburn always basically played the same kind of character. Right. Um, This is a case where Tom Hanks has played different kinds of characters. Um, What did we, Oh, maybe I'm still thinking of this movie. Um, Like he's playing this mentally challenged character that's, it's different from everything else that he's done. I think there's one point where he kind of yells. It's like, we've got to, got to find Bubba or something. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, oh, that's, um, that's Woody, I heard. Which <laughs> Woody. This, this movie came out the year before um, Toy Story. Did it? Okay. Yeah, 94. He had probably done the voice work before because it took so long right. to finish that movie. Um, the... Year after this, uh, Toy Story, also Apollo thirteen. Oh right. Um, see, 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 there, there are, there is Tom Hanks when Tom Hanks plays Tom Hanks because because he does do some of his Tom Hanks roles, and I think right. when he two, played two years, the year before this was Sleepless in Seattle and yeah. League of Their Own. Yeah, those are both kind of the same. Then he did Philadelphia, which was a different. I've never seen that. Oh yeah, that's good. And he a plays very a different, different kind, of, kind of story. Yeah. So that's he he plays. He does have a Tom Hanks character or person that is him. And and mm-hmm. when you can say, oh, that's that's Tom Hanks, it's it's a sleepless, sleepless in Seattle Tom Hanks. 
It's the yep. it's the um, even Castaway is Tom Hanks. You know, yep. it's, it's one, the, one of one of my personal favorites. Joe versus the volcano. Joe versus the volcano. Th- those are all just Tom Hanks. Um, yeah. And I even say that Woody is Tom Hanks. Um, yeah, it's Tom Hanks, uh, as he says in that video interview on Graham Norton show. It's it's Tom Hanks, but clenched. Right. Yeah. Hey, guys. Right. It's like it's him, but just like everything's clenched. Yeah. Uh, but he has but he does. What makes him great, though, is that he has several movies that he is not that that he is. Right. He, it's not just that it, they're wild out crazy like he embraces a different kind of person. Uh, I think yeah. uh, one example upcoming up that's not out yet, but I think it's going to be the same way is um, the Mr. Rogers movie. He's playing Mr. Rogers and the trailer hmm. looks phenomenal. Like it looks and, and it looks like he's stepping into the character, the, not the character, but the person that I know of as, you know, Mr. Rogers, um, who is who exactly who, who he is on the surface. There's something like, you know, oh, this is the deep, dark meaning of, of Mr. Rogers. He, it's, he is who he is. Um, he was always out there and the, the, he's very unique in his character and his personality. And Tom Hanks is taking that on and just greatly. So the same way, like Forrest Gump, no one else could play Forrest Gump. If they played Forrest Gump with a different way, it would be a different character. Yeah. I mean, not saying it's bad or different. They would just play it. It would just not be Forrest Gump. So this is, this is a strange movie, right? Sure. Like it feels like a biopic and maybe it is a biopic, but it feels maybe i don't know if i don't know if to be a biopic it has to be a real a real person it also feels like a historical movie like you're yeah and and that's what i mean it like if it's it's a biography but it's a fictional it's a biography of a fictional person a character right and and you are very involved with what is happening throughout time throughout this man's life and and not just like a little bit and it's very between the music like the soundtrack in this movie, they do the whole Vietnam sequence, and I was like, "Are they, are are they gonna play Credence? No, first we're gonna hear the Doors, <laughs> and then Credence, and then Dylan, and then Jimi Hendrix, and then I'm like, is there every, like every hit from the mid seventies, uh." In this in this Vietnam montage, well, sequence. He, he also has like he goes from like what late fifties, early the mid sixties too. Like when he's when he's a young kid, you know. Yeah, she's well, st- she's still wearing like Elvis a, at the beginning, and oh yeah, and all she, the all the way to the kind of kind of eighties hair at the at the end, which is cool. Like like I say, it's not just a, a biopic; it's it's it is a historical movie that you're seeing a lot about the twentieth century. America here you 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 see Elvis which was a big thing and mm-hmm. and it's what's neat is that you get to see these important things that you know happened in history anyway everyone knows about John Lennon being being shot and knows about um the uh the school segregation and all these right. big very big important things that that they just say but what you get to see is how it's affecting the world in a very real kind of way like in from people around and how the vietnam war is affecting people and um you know the beatles and what and and that music that's playing in the background sets the tone for everything that's happening yeah you know um 
Yeah, and I wondered this because um, my sister watched this with us, my youngest sister, who I, I've mentioned several times because she's, you know, the youngest. Yeah, she's got a good perspective on things. She, you should have but, her on sometimes. So we, she's got a total different <laughs> – I'm sure she has a total different perspective when she watches and these than you do. So she's, she's going to be 20 mm-hmm. next month. Right. And I'm like – I'm watching this and I'm like, she has no concept. Like, you know, she started listening to ABBA recently because she and her other theater friends watched Mamma Mia Mm. and you know now they're (laughs) listening to that or um you know she was listening to some either it was either Jimi Hendrix or um uh who's the other one I'm thinking of Bob Marley and I'm like where did she hear this like this is old music to me she's 18 years younger than me so it's just you know it's old music but I'm like she has no idea when um when John Lennon and Forrest Gump are on Captain Kangaroo and he's basically given him the lyrics to Imagine. Like <laughs> she's she's probably never heard Imagine. Or right. she's never seen a bumper sticker that says shit happens. Right. Or um, or the happy face, even like that it all comes together from that and Or even like even like John F. Kennedy or right. uh, like she probably, you know, or Bobby Kennedy. The, they show Bobby Kennedy on there. Bobby Kennedy, um, the the Elvis joke, like all of those historical things that really this movie was made for um, adults, maybe almost middle aged adults in the early nineties. In the early nineties, right? Yeah, right. Um, you know, you're a, a couple years older than me when. This came out, I was a freshman in high school. Right. And I gra- I was graduating. I graduated in 94. Right. And so there were some of those things that we knew as teenagers, but like, you know, Watergate, maybe, maybe right. not. I definitely don't remember Watergate. Sure, sure. But eventually, you know, you hear and read and, and pick up history if you're interested in history at all. And then then you know, like, oh, right. And if you don't they show the letterhead of Watergate Hotel and you're like, okay, okay, I get it. Right. Well, and, and yeah, for people like that were, were, was like my mom, this was perfect for that age, right? Like, yeah, per- perfect. Cause they, they, like we were just talking about the, uh, the, what history was like through one person's life, through the whole breadth of one person's life up until mm-hmm. 1994 when I, I, th- I assume the movie ends. It's kind of like, that's that he was about mom's age. So that generation, this is their story. This is their whole, like, the history that was going on throughout the whole life. And a lot of people in the world watched this movie, had lives not like Forrest Gump, but that had, like, normal lives like he did. Had had loves and, you know, mamas dying and, you know, going being drafted into the war or knowing people that drafted in the war and rallies. They all, they all lived these normal kind of lives that weren't, terribly necessarily significant but they had all these things happening around them in the world these very significant things so this movie gets to come out and i can see how it being like wow yeah this is the best telling of that now i don't know it's interesting you you should like talk to your sister again and see what how what she what do you know what she thought of this movie when it was over because i would think it would resonate i know that sydney liked she watched half of it before she had to go to bed um and she she liked it. She liked Forrest Gump. Well, but she didn't get and, all those references, of course. And here's maybe maybe where I should where I should go with the rest of this. I think now that I'm doing the math, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that that target market 
is the baby boomers. Yes. Right? Yes, absolutely. Um, 50s to, and onwards, yeah. Maybe unpopular opinion. I don't, I don't think that are, there are any baby boomers listening to us, <laughs> a couple Gen Xers talking about video games. But um, the, all of that stuff, it gives you the timeline so they, they never have to do, like, title cards, you know, say, like, yeah. oh, now it's 1976. Um, they can just show a historic event, you know, the moon landing or yeah. whatever, and then you know what year it is if you are of that age and know those facts. You know how the time is, is moving along. But the story, the story doesn't really matter. You don't have... I mean, none of that matters for the story. Yeah, that's, you yeah, don't need to know matters, yeah. what year it is when he goes to Vietnam to know that, like, oh, okay, she, he's he's interacting with her, with Jenny, and she's annoyed that he's, you know, trying to rescue her from whatever. Mm -hmm. And then he says, they're sending me, me to Vietnam. And then, like, oh, wow, like, he could die. Yeah. You know that he's not going to because we're in a frame story, but Jenny doesn't know that. Right. Um, and you get to the end of the story where she comes back and she lives with him and, um, you know, she has a son, Haley Joel Osmond mm -hmm. and, um, and then she dies and he reads her the letter and it's that, uh, if I didn't know, I would call this a Spielberg movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get Cause, it. Yeah. Cause of that, that kind of emotional, like, and that's. I mean that's a hundred percent Tom Hanks, right? Yeah. I mean maybe there's some letter, yeah. There's some direction that's that's going there, but like you can see he's been playing this character a certain way, and you can tell when he when he gets to a to an emotionally difficult part of his story, he just that's all I have to say about that. Like yeah. he won't he doesn't, you know. He doesn't get that. But then you see him alone reading this letter and you get his the full emotion of that. And it's and it's infectious. You feel it, too. Oh, yeah. Because it's so genuine the way that he's playing it. Yeah. And, and, you, and you know, when he says throughout the movie, he says, like, that's all I have to say about that. It's always those. It's always feels like it's an unsaid sadness. It's like, oh, it was like his mama died. You know, it's like um, she died on a Tuesday type of thing. He just he just kind of glosses over it. But, you know, that like, oh, he's. He's going through that. Yeah, even the lady on the bench. Because, because this is a guy who never stops talking. Right. Right. The movie starts with him on a park bench telling his life story to a stranger. And, and, and the, so then when he gets to a point and he's like, that's all I have to say about that. It means something. Yeah. And the lady it's, on the bench little, even no notices him. She's like, oh, honey, that that uh, it was like Kennedy or something like that. Right. He's like, what? Mm -hmm. He's like, who got the guy who got shot? And he's like, oh, or, oh, yeah, yeah. Or you got shot or something like that. Like when Bubba died. Is what it was, right? Mm -hmm. Like he kind of yeah. glosses over it quickly. You know, it's a big thing and it's a big emotional thing. So when he talks to Jenny and says the full thing, where he doesn't hold back, you can't but hold back but get choked up a bit and say like, because he was. This is a man who had gone through some really big, deep emotional stuff, but you were with him and tried to hold it back just like he has. But this is one where he couldn't, you know. Yeah. And, and um, so w one last one last bit of trivia, and then we'll do final judgments. Mm -hmm. Um. You know the scene when he's at the rally in D.C.? Yep. Um, and I don't know. My family all asked who the guy was leading the rally. I don't know if he was someone historic or not. Yeah, I don't know either. I, but I know okay. what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, 
so the the way the scene goes is he brings him up there to talk and then like a high-ranking military guy nearby pulls all the plugs out of the board Mm -hmm. um so that nobody can hear him yeah you know his microphone goes dead yep um i heard read whether this is true or or apocryphal or whatever um the lines that he's actually saying as i wonder if like a lip syncer could like like do something so the the way i heard it is the lines say you know he asks him if he fought in the war yeah and he says the war in vietnam and the the vietnam and the guy says war in viet effing nam and he says well i only have one thing to say about the war in vietnam and then they unplug him yeah and he says um when i came back or i went i forget how it starts but he says, I went to Vietnam and some people I knew came back from Vietnam missing arms or legs. And some people didn't come back at all. And that's all I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. Everything before, that's all I have to say about that is all lost. And maybe it takes him longer to say or, or something like that. Right. And the guy who's standing right next to him leading the rally is like, he's choked up and he's like, you said it all, man. because he hears it but you know obviously zemeckis decided it was more impactful to have it cut out like to to just have the mystery the the uh uh, i I guess i gotta say that for my wrapping up part is that this is a this is a good story without the historical part of it like it's it's a good story about a guy who is kind of mentally challenged and has to deal with things on his own and it's a love story that transcends all this lifetime um, and his friendship with Lieutenant Dan and Lieutenant Dan's mm-hmm. stuff and, and, and his friendship with Bubba um, and their kinship and how that has changed his life and how his life goes. It's, it's a good story by itself. And then you wrap it up with this, all this other stuff that we're talking about. That's like, Hey, it's culturally significant and how it changes them. That just is so many layers that are happening in this very long movie, but it it, it kind of does feel long, but it, it doesn't feel like it's slow or it's putting too much in. And there's nothing in this movie that I would say they need to cut out, right? You you don't yeah, cut anything out of this movie. That's another one of those things that I, I attribute to Spielberg where you're, um, there's a story within the story. Like yeah. the real story is this this guy with a, you know, abnormally low IQ goes through life and he meets this girl, his, his childhood sweetheart. And, you know, they go through life and, um, and then, you know, at the, at the end of it, they get married and then she dies and he raises their son. Yeah. And, and he makes a lot of friends throughout life that he changes their lives. Yeah. And he doesn't really, he doesn't really change. Right, he's pretty he constant. He really does throughout. Um, but Jenny does change. Like she starts Everyone out in, changes. A, in an abusive situation and doesn't know how to let herself be loved. Right, because mm-hmm. of this, because of this abusive relationship with her dad, and over the years, like grows and becomes able to accept Forrest's love. Yeah, I mean, it, you and said it right. It, that's that's the main story. And if you tried to tell just that story, all you have is a Hallmark movie. 
Right. Like a lot of people like Hallmark movies. I'm not right. disparaging that. But you, in this, what I call Spielberg way, you layer on top of it this thing of like, no, no, this guy lived through history and he did he was in all of these places like he does that in the scene he's like so i went to the white house again again met the president again right it's like at least three presidents he meets yep um and he's standing in line at the segregation standing in line you know he's right behind picks picks up the girls books in the right at the alabama school and um and so then you have that hook right people are going to go to the the theater and say Oh, they, you know, they put Tom Hanks in this footage with John F. Kennedy and it looks real like he's really there. And you see how he affected all these (laughs) things and all these things in this music. And then what sticks with you emotionally is the is the actual story is the actual story is the Bubba is the Jenny is the you know, you mentioned Office Space being like super quotable. This one, this movie here, I quote. All the time. Like, I still will. Anytime someone says Alabama, I'll say, you mean you're going back to Greenbow, Alabama? Alabama. <laughs> right? And I'm like, and everybody looks at me like, what? I'm like, you know, Greenbow, Alabama. And, and the, well, uh, the I'm Jenny. Pretty says, I'm pretty tired. He's I like, guess I'll go home now. The, the Jenny. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the shrimp. I always say the shrimp stuff. Shrimps came, shrimp. This. Every time someone says something about shrimp. and Boiled shrimp, fried shrimp. Shrimp scampi, shrimp salad, <laughs> and and that's that's all that's all about there is for that. That's all there is. Yeah, the so so I I there's I quote this movie like all the time, and and, and every time something comes, you know, somebody says a word, it'll like trigger into something that, trigger, that for, yeah. Forrest had said throughout the time. Uh, Lieutenant Dan, we, we didn't really talk about him too much, but you mentioned everyone changing, like Jenny changed, but like everyone changed. Um, throughout the movie, they 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 yeah. just developed and grew, and but he didn't. We always talk about character arcs. Somebody's like, "Oh, you have to have a character arc." He doesn't have a character arc per se. He is who he is since he's a little boy. But right. every single person in his life has a huge <laughs> story arc, with yeah. maybe the exception of Bubba. I'm not sure if Bubba has a, a character well. Growth. He affected Bubba's whole family, and Bub- Bubba he affected did. him a little bit. Bubba, like a lot. Remember, he had like the whole Bubba Gump shrimp factory, and that's what I mean. Like, it's a small, it's a small decision that he made because he had no like, he had nothing else going on. But it, you know, it worked out because that's part of the story. Like, most things around him worked out really well. Yeah, right. He in, right. he invest in Apple and it's just great that become the super successful there's a lot of easter eggs in this movie too all the little things that they do that like you said the guy i don't know who the guy is it's there's so many easter eggs that you catch here that when something smells like an easter egg you just think it probably is and that's that scene that you were just talking about the guy on the stage at the washington monument you're like this must be an easter egg that i don't know must be a thing yeah (laughs) right and even if it wasn't it's just because it's happening all the time you just assume that there's something here that I don't know about that I want to look into. Right. So, but yeah, I, I liked, I liked everything about this movie from the acting. Like, man, I can't even think of anybody who has bad roles or does any kind of thing, but top notch, even Jenny is really good in her role. I, the reason I say mm-hmm. even Jenny is because she does have kind of a one note character throughout most of the movie. But I think she's very, the actress makes her very sympathetic at times. Yeah, she's one of those kind of characters that could be really 
um, frustrating, like the Holly Golightly character mm-hmm. in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yes. But because you know her origin, you know that she's not just flighty because it's part of her personality. Oh, right. Like, that's, that's another phrase, too. I always say, dear God, make me a bird so I can fly far, far away. Dear God, far, far make away. me a bird. Yeah. <laughs> So the the uh, yeah her her history I mean her her history and the actress does a really great job of portraying yeah. someone who is completely conflicted and damaged, you know the the, the line I like from that uh, that concept that sequence is sometimes there just aren't enough rocks there just aren't enough rocks exactly uh, to, from Tom Hanks uh, Gary Sinise is fantastic as Lieutenant Dan Lieutenant Dan um, and and we said Bubba. Sally Field as the as the mom is mom, mm-hmm. which is someone who is interesting because if you're looking at this as somebody a baby boomer story, Mama is pretty constant in most of the mm. baby in anyone's life. You look at your parent as the one constant in your life that's always sure. the same. And Sally yeah. Field's character seems to be a constant character that he can always count on. She's always the same, right? right. Always, always doing something. Which when I watched this movie again, I liked watching Sally Field that character a little bit more because when she's on the screen, she's doing so many different things. Like her character is really doing different things. We our mm. our friends always like to make light of the fact that like when to get uh forest in school, she sleeps with the principal. Right. Like, like you don't notice that really as a kid, but she does that. She also like tries to make men's ends meet at one time by having a boarding house in her house. Um, yeah, which which was common in that era, right? I mean, and, and you know, she goes to the the store and does stuff with with people. She just has a whole lot of things that this character does. It's not important to the whole story, but she's a fully fleshed fleshed out character. Yeah, you know, which is sure. pretty great. So anyway, yeah, great movie, great movie. I think that this is one for me. I I don't know. If, I don't know. Do you think it stands out in cinematic history? I well, let me let me do the. The break okay. so that I can put the, put the <laughs> uh, final judgments. Um, is this a movie you watch to enjoy or is it significant in history of film? I'll let you go first. Well, I, I, I think number one, it's one to enjoy. I, it's a great story. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's significant in the history of film. I don't think it's, I mean, it may be. It's a really pretentious way to say that, but yeah, um, I, I think that it's a great movie, but that's because it's greatly entertaining. Yeah, I yeah. think it's. Um, Who wrote this? It's based on a novel, apparently. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, Winston Groom. Wow. Okay. Huh. I gotta read that Actually, book and then hear it in my head like Forrest Gump talking. He was he was raised in Mobile, Alabama. Not Greenbow. Not not Greenbow. That's a fake. Uh, <laughs> probably a fake town, I assume. Um. I think it's a little bit of both. Like it's leaning mostly toward a movie you watch to enjoy. Um, the significance of it is in the technical achievements of the time. There were some, right? Yeah. To, the to feather put, was completely CG, by the way. To put him into all of that uh, archival footage mm-hmm. was fairly impressive. I think the only thing that maybe will hurt this movie as the years go on is it becomes less and less all of that historical stuff becomes less uh, identifiable. It, it does. I mean, it, even right? like if you're watching a Charlie Chaplin film and like, Oh, he's made, or, um, or you're reading an old, uh, 
um, Charles Dickens or something. You know, yeah. if you're reading Charles Dickens in 1850 and he says, uh, you know, a, a fat king with a something on this throne and a, a skinny queen with something on this throne, like everybody at that time knew exactly who those royals were. Yeah. And now 150 years later, we're like, uh, let me check Wikipedia. Who is he talking <laughs> yeah. about? Yeah. Well, e even, I mean, people are going to hate me for saying this, but like the the impact of the Beatles were massive and then right. but even as time goes on that importance fades i mean in a hundred sure. years from now yes we'll probably think of the beatles having great music but the the impact that they have on people's lives are less and less as each generation comes through and watches this movie sure so so john lennon john lennon getting shot is like okay it's just a musician that got shot and was happened to have been you know big at the time but like man that was for people who where my mom's age watching the show, that was like, oh, that's a huge cultural thing that happened, and you, mm -hmm. know, you know, yeah, Bobby Kennedy, same kind of thing. So yeah, that you're right. It would it'll fade. Those important moments in this will will fade as you know time goes right. on. I guess tears, tears and rain, tears and rain. All right, let's. Hey, we didn't really talk about our next one. What's our next one? I don't know. I was kind of tempted <laughs> to do Blade Runner after I just said that, but uh, I don't I don't know if we want to do that. Wait, we have is Blade Runner on this one? This that's a weird it one is. to put. The the original Blade Runner. That's a weird one uh, to put on this to, to put on this uh, list. I wonder. We usually talk about this before we start recording. So Th this is. Um, I mean, if we how do you feel about movie. Mean Girls? I don't think I've ever actually watched that. I watched. I, it's kind of like how you've done with a lot of shows where you've heard so many of the lines, <laughs> but never actually watched stop, it. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Yeah. Uh, let's do that. I'm. I'm. My, my parents are gone to idaho again and so it's just me and two of my sisters and i don't think the younger one has seen mean girls yet and i'm curious oh, so, so you're saying up. that it's not the time to watch broke bunk broke back mountain yeah not yet <laughs> you're still gearing up for that one we'll we'll save that one maybe uh yeah i don't know we'll we're, we're, we're still so, teasing that around so <laughs> i don't see december 2020 uh, right at the, the <laughs> very end very end last last um i yeah nothing else on here jumps out at me unless we want to do amadeus yeah, you seen that yes I when i was when it. i was when it came out i actually watched it yeah i saw it years and years ago too i, I wonder it'll be interesting to see how that one holds up they also the girls also want to watch glass Maybe tomorrow. Wait, like, um, like Glass with Unbreakable? Yeah. Oh, I just watched that recently. They laughed, damn it. <laughs> not that Unbreakable. Not that. Not uh, that Unbreakable. Uh, uh, yeah. So if you if you watch that recently, we can talk about it. Or if you want to watch, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's uh, yeah. So it's we're a, gonna be watching that, and yeah, let's let's do Mean Girls. Um, wait, has 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 uh, your sisters watched Unbreakable? Or, um, or the other one? Yeah, they have in the last year or so. I watched Split with them a couple okay. months ago. So I did not watch Split before watching that one. They're ready to see how it, how the trilogy goes. Yeah. Night Shyamalan. I, I, I guess... It has pretty bad reviews, so I don't know. What, like, you mean the uh, Glass? Glass, yeah. It's... Uh, uh, like Shaman stuff, I can't really tell you about it. I about right. it, but the the uh, I I will say 
since you've seen Split and I haven't, I was not sure the significance of his hostage in the last one. I know she was the main character, because mm. she's in this one too. So, I, so I okay. think the only thing that I missed out by not seeing Split was that like who she was importance to him. I see. Yeah. So I'm assuming she, but I, I'm assuming she was important, but I don't know. But they did see Un- Unbreakable, though, right? Because that one actually is the more important one to watch. Yeah. I mean, you and I watched that last year. I think right. for yeah for this. That's that's actually the the most important one. I think the fact that there's the Beast who has multiple personalities is the only thing we really need to know about, and he's a, know about a bad guy. Uh, McAvoy. Although, although I'm excited to hear what you think of next week, because maybe you'll say like, oh, no, you should go watch Split because it explains so much. Because maybe there's some mm-hmm. things that I'm not seeing that are make things more important. Right. Yeah, OK, I, so it's, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> OK, wait, you, just um, about, you just about dropped into Lumberg there. You're like, yeah. <laughs> Talking okay. while I'm while I'm thinking. Mean Girls. Uh, OK, on your not really recommendation, but. I'm doing some maintenance on my Plex server, mm-hmm. setting up uh, setting up some RAID drive things for for data backup. Smart. Uh, I got on Netflix and started watching Kim's Convenience. Ah, oh, love that show. Which is which is very funny. I can't decide whether I should be offended at some of the accents, but because they're people all doing accents of their own nationality feels like it's probably okay like right if i do a southern american accent like i'm american so it's not a thing right it's not it's not blackface or whatever the verbal equivalent well they 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 do that right in the first scene the first like Mm -hmm. first episode that they jump out with you like this is what this show is going to be like because the gay discount the gay discount is the very first thing they're like hey this is the kind of show we're, we're putting on here and it's so good because they they stay with that. That's like a hallmark to their show is that they can talk about these very culturally what people think of very culturally sensitive things, but they talk about them in a very true way with the kind of people that that it deals with. Like I think right. I think maybe I attribute a lot of that to it being Canada and especially in Ontario. Yeah. Um the what I've been told about Ontario is that like New York City, it's a place where a lot of people immigrate to from other places. But unlike New York, there's not as much pressure for people to uh, integrate and homogenize into the culture. And so they have these pockets of Koreatown and, and yeah. whatever else. And they, they maintain a lot more of their um, cultural identity. And so you have these things where like... Uh, a Korean shop owner and his Chinese friend are talking to a Jamaican woman and neither, you know, the Korean and the Jamaican can't understand each other. And so the Chinese guy is like, Oh, she can't understand. He, she can't understand you. Nobody understands what either of you are talking. Uh, (laughs) You know, the, 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 this show is, is the most diverse show that I think I've ever watched. And it does it, in such a normal, natural way. I never yeah. felt there. There's so many times in this whole series that you could think that they're trying to tell me something, but I never feel that. I never feel like they're preaching to me um, because it all feels like normal, right? You know, Appa is 
Appa is just Appa. He's like everybody has a, a dad or an uncle or somebody who's <laughs> that kind of way or a mom or an aunt that's this way, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and that's just kind of how it was. This show has some incredible actors that just get better as it goes on, but mm. still is rooted in Amma and Appa. Uh, Appa? Uma, U-M-M-A. And Amma. Amma, yeah. Amma and, and Appa. And Appa. It Th- sounds like... are so good. It sounds like Mama and Papa. It is, right? Right. Yeah. And so, however that language influence there's uh, there's a scene there's a scene i think in the third season there's three seasons on netflix uh okay which by the way sid and i've watched the whole thing twice um (laughs) the uh there's a scene in the middle of season three where um i can't even remember all the names it's his uh middle eastern friend who's always hanging out in there i love that guy uh might be a new that might be something that comes later. Oh, he, he's, I think he's sprinkled throughout all of them, but he becomes more and more kind of a big, big part. Okay. Um, but he's sitting in there and they're just talking like they, like he does with his, his Chinese friend. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he comes in and Appa notices that he doesn't actually know his name. Uh, okay. Appa's name. And he's like, uh, Oh yeah, I've heard, you know, Mrs. Kim call you. It's your vote. And he's like, no, that means like sweetheart. Mm. <laughs> so because they they don't call them by their names almost no. ever the kids they do but the parents they call each other oma and appa they do they call each other or or yovo which is like sweetheart um or or you know mr kim mrs kim exactly so so i names. this is a not it's i don't think there's any scenes that are laugh out loud funny but they always make me smile the whole show, mm. right? Okay. Yeah. Would you agree? I think I can't think of anything that's like, oh, that made me laugh so hard that I was crying. Like, say, off the office things would. Yeah, not, not so much. There's a lot of, not a lot, but there's some of that, you know, office-esque kind of Larry David uh, uh, awkward, like just very awkward. The, the manager of the car rental place. Uh, she's Shannon she's always Shannon she's just always very awkwardly has a massive crush on Jung oh it's and... so good he's he's the new he's gonna be the big new Marvel hero by the way if you didn't know that mm. he's uh Shang-Chi in the in the coming up I feel like I've seen him before in something but not oh. like the um the pastor oh at the Korean church I've right. seen him in a bunch of stuff he's a you know Canadian uh Asian he, he's not in it very long by the way he's only in the, the beginning of season one and then they change it to pastor nina pastor nina comes pastor in nina. she's a mm-hmm. she's a new pastor for their church yeah and, we just saw the pastor nina episode. oh pastor nina. yeah and she's in it for the rest of the series she's like their pastor so which is great because she's got a lot of really good character to her too um yeah but the, yeah the uh i really i really like them and like so they'll they'll they tackle stuff so funny and very normal when, when like there's one scene later, one episode where they're, uh, I think it's a sexist thing where one of the guys of the church is con- constantly making sexist remarks like, you know, uh, mm. uh, Appa makes cookies and he's like, what are you, the wife or something like that? And he goes, ha ha ha, I'm just kidding. But it really <laughs> offends them, you know, and then Appa yeah. kind of can, is uncomfortable, but laughs along because that's what guys do. 
Right. Um, and then the episode deals with it, but in a very sweet kind of way. Well, I'm sure that's a that's a really common kind of setup framework for a story. Is it like the first generation of an immigrant family? You know, mm-hmm. there's an episode where their cousin from Korea comes and, <laughs> and stays so with them. And Janet doesn't like her because she's so Korean. And right. Janet was born in Canada, so she can't speak Korean. She doesn't, <laughs> you know. That do, was so uh, good. And all of her friends love uh, her cousin, and she's like, "You, you never ask me any of these questions. What's, what's going on?" <laughs> it, it is, it is really good because it, it really. There's so many things in this show. You'd think that everything's been done by now, uh, mm-hmm. but then they they come out with this show, which is a lot a, a really good argument for the point of people who are like, you know, we've got a lot of culture in our in our own people, a lot of stories and a lot of humor and a lot of different things that we can tell. If you just give us the chance to do our own thing. And that's what this one is. This is a, you know, a Korean family's story. First generation Korean family story. Who, by the way, who would you say is the main character in this? Is it Janet or Appa? It's Appa for sure. Is it Appa for sure? Because uh, sometimes I think it's Janet. By the way, her uh, friend, male friend, Gerald, just right. gets, he just gets better. Like he just He's keeps hilarious. getting better and better he, and better. He takes he takes the picture of Amma and Appa likes it so much that he wants he wants to get a picture of himself for their funerals. <laughs> for their funerals. They're, they're, he's like, oh, this this would make a good funeral photo. And then at the end, they're oh, just remember looking when, at it. when so and so they had to use their driver's license or whatever it was. It's like <laughs> some awful photo. Oh, and we, and and like when it's done, they're looking at it like we can die now. <laughs> yeah. It's it's ridiculous. And so just good. like you're saying, just like you said with the um, the cultural things, it's like I don't have to I don't have to be Korean or have lived have been part of a Korean family to understand like the, the kind of situations that they're in where, you know, the parents, these parents believe in a certain kind of discipline and they come across parents who are just complete and obviously it's because it's told from their perspective the Mm -hmm. the art teacher who never says no to her child is clearly (laughs) that was a good one parent (laughs) that Um, was a good one or all all of the situations all the situations where the mom is trying to set the the kids up with somebody or just like not meddling but like from a place of of love and good intention like trying to help in yeah. ways that are that are not really helpful or um just any kind of miscommunication with between parents or any of that kind of stuff like i don't have to have lived it to still be able to appreciate it um no that's that's from kind of, from my own from my own perspective that's the that's the actual i think that's the real gist of the writing and the story is that Every one of these different cultures, they are they do have very significant things differently, but they are very much just like anyone else. Everyone else lives the same kind of problems that we all have. Janet yeah. still wants to break away from her parents. And um, Jung and Appa have irreconcilable differences between a father mm-hmm. and a son. These are things that are does not matter between cultures. It just happens right. of human nature. So these are just human stories that are dressed in different kind of cultural things. 
And they don't yeah. just do it with just the Kims. They do it like um, with, like I said, I, man, I, I'm terrible at it. I can't remember his name, but it's the uh, the Chinese friend that he's got. like, he, Or the Chin. different Mr. Mr. Yachin. And uh, then they have, um, there's also the, re- the recurring guy that keeps coming in that wants to be Mr. Uh, wants to be Appa's friend who at the beginning he's in the, the gay discount one. And he tries. Oh, the he's he's uh, Latino, I think. Oh, he is so good. Um, mm-hmm. and, he's trying and, to take the 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 soup, the ravioli from the middle of the from stack. the middle of the stack, <laughs> right? So they have they have these people, these characters that are like just normal people. They're just normal people that have normal things and do crazy, kooky, normal kind of things that people do. Uh, but they happen to be wrapped in these kind of diverse, different ways. That's just a aspect of their character. But their character is just like anybody else that you would know in any other kind of sitcom, yeah. right? You know, or 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 everyday life. You know, the uh, one person that that grew on me very quickly, who rated on me at the beginning, was Kim Chi. Um, yeah, I, I like the first it's, two episodes. I was it's like, pretty funny that he's named Kim Chi. <laughs> his name is Kim Chi, right? Uh, what are they? What's his? What does uh, uh, his buddy call him? Um, Kimch. He calls him Kimch. Yeah. Um, he. Uh, the kind of humor that this does is uh, summed up in this w- one kind of line. Kim Chi walks in and he's embarrassed because he's trying to do his best to impress like his uh, um, his boss or something. And um, uh, Jung doesn't understand why he's having problems with this and why this is bothering him too much. And the line goes, uh, it's, you know, man, it's because they look at you and they're like, oh, yeah, of course. They look at me and they go, huh, really? Mm, okay, mm, maybe. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> and like that's that's the whole the whole show is that it's like funny but true, right? That yeah. Amma and Appa are funny, but that's kind of how they people are. Right. Right. Yeah. So I I'm I'm excited for you to, to watch the rest of them because it's there's I kept waiting for a lull in a series like it to get kind of worse or to get boring mm. or to, to wear out. And it really did not. And when I got done with the third season, as the third season, I knew I was coming down on the last couple episodes. I got that feeling of like, oh, no, I'm going to end this and then not have anything to watch, you know, or not have any more of these to watch. Um, So and that's a really good sign for a for a series. And I'm I'm assuming there's more, but because it's on Canada, I can't get in anywhere. (laughs) Right. I don't know. Get a, well, get a VPN and uh, oh yeah, get Canadian Netflix. get Canadian stuff. Uh, Jung, the actor though, Jung is a genuinely good, awesome guy, um, and he does. There's a nice video online where um, they interview him after he did the San Diego Comic Con. He came out this last San Diego Comic Con when Marvel announced its slate of new movies coming out, and one of the last things they did is they uh, um, announced that they're coming out with a very lesser known character uh, that's an Asian character and it's an Asian heavy cast and they're going to put this out and they bring him out on stage to say, this is who's playing the lead character uh, Shang-Chi and it's him. It's Jung and Jung, the actor, I call him Jung. I don't know the actor's name. He explains how he interviewed for the role two weeks before that. It was like a couple different interviews he has always like for years wanted to play a superhero 
mm-hmm. wanted to play a Marvel superhero, like in particular. Sure. And he, there's like this great little chronicle stuff on articles about how he's constantly posting on Twitter. Hey, Kevin Feige, now's the time for this. Hey, I loved Ant-Man. We should have an Asian, Asian guy. How about this? How about Shang-Chi? And he's like for years been kind of wanting this. Um, and then he gets the, he gets the call from Kevin Feige and he says, by the way, this is Tuesday, Thursday, you need to be on a plane and we're going to announce this. Um, so he comes up on a stage and he's like fanboying up just as much as anybody else. He's like, I'm standing behind Thor's to my right and black mm-hmm. widows over to my left. Um, That's funny. so, uh, the, the little interview is, is really neat because he's just so happy to be in this part in his life. He says things like, you know, People say that their life goals have been met. He says, but I've always been a superhero person and wanted to be an actor in a superhero movie since I was a little kid. And now I'm going to be it. What do I do now? You know, how do I, what do I do? I'm just going to be, have fun the rest of my life. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. He's, his name is, I'm not going to pronounce this right, but it's Simu Liu. Oh, Simu Liu. Yeah. Louis or L-U-I, right? L-I-U. L-I-U. He is Chinese. Yeah. He, he's a genuine dude, like a genuinely nice. good guy. And I, as I feel that most cast is, I, I read a little bit that this show started as like a play that the actor and actress that plays Oma and Appa did. Okay. And they were I those characters. That. And then they were like, they like pretty the natural in these roles. They are. So they, they did this thing and now they made a show out of it. So. Yeah, good, good show. Love it. I I need to find more episodes yeah. of it. Some, okay, uh, real quickly, actually quickly, not actually from not not the front porch. Maybe quickly. maybe not go on another hundred minute episode. Mm-hmm. Um, last week we talked about Apple Arcade. Yeah, and you tried it that later that same night and raved about it. Mm-hmm. And um, some people in my WoW Guild were talking about how smartphones are boring and. Mm-hmm. That's a whole thing. I don't want to get into that on the show. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, yeah, the thing. It's free trial. I should at least try it. Yeah. Um, I did try it. And I'm sort of coming to the idea that I don't really need games on my phone okay. in general. But whether that's true or not, I installed it yesterday or the day before. Well, did the update to iOS and then installed a couple of games. I tried a game called Word Laces. Okay. Where you see a picture and you have to build words by connecting little blocks that are either one or two letters to spell okay. out the words that goes back and forth like shoelaces. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. It's pretty good, simple sort of puzzle thing. Mm-hmm. I avoided any of the RPG adventure kind of game because I just don't have that kind of time. Like, sure, right. I'm working, I'm making food, eating, I'm sleeping, <laughs> I'm playing WoW, and editing podcast stuff i don't have a big and working on the house i don't have a big block of time to spend like 40 minutes in a mobile game like i want something that i can play in a couple minutes in the bathroom or whatever well Uh, that's actually the thing about this apple arcade is that i don't think that's what apple's going for and if you look at their their big featured lineup games they're they're not going going much more for quote-unquote real games full games um the other one i tried is the frogger game Oh, I did not. I intentionally did not get that one. I'm like, I didn't like playing Frogger back when it was out. (laughs) Right. It's 
it's fine if you like Frogger, if you played Crossy Road or any of those Frogger clones. Like, it's all really pretty. The graphics are really nice for it being a phone game. Even not for being a phone game. Like, I could see this being a, a Switch game or a full-size console game. Um, and so that's sort of my impression. The other is just a huge, big two thumbs up for this entire concept of, like, yeah. $5 a month developers get paid and people get to play games that are games and not horrible money funnels. Oh, totally. I mean, if this can, if this can just change us out of the, the freemium model of games on our iPhones, with the app store, that was tiring me. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was just, I I would, I was like, why bother? I'm like, Oh, here's a game. This is cool. It, you know, I walk through 20 minutes of, locked in tutorial where they're like now click here now click here now build a barracks here now train some troops that'll take a while so why don't you speed it up with some gems we'll give you some to get started and you can't you can only ever do one thing you're like click on this thing and then you do all that and then you maybe eventually get to the actual game and you're like yeah you have a bar of 50 energy you've got 300 right now so you can play as long as you want but you're not going to start earning anymore point. until you yeah. burn these down. But it's like, yeah, just awful. It's just every game was like that for so long. And I, and I kept having the fatigue of like, I want a new game. And then I would go to the app store. I'm like, okay, I got to gear myself up to go through all <laughs> the crap to maybe find one. Or you would go like online and ask friends. Maybe they would tell you something. And some of our friends would say something. And everybody would jump on it because there's such so much crap out there that you yeah. have a hope that there's maybe somebody, one of your friends, have found a gem to find one. So this Apple Arcade has really, I think, there's a lot of games in there. If, if you can't find at least five of them to to generally like for your five bucks, it's you know then maybe you shouldn't pay. But I, I will say here, I'm going to read down my list. I got three, six, nine, ten games that I have put on my okay. phone. I'm just going to say that. Right. Uh, but here's the thing. I've only played two, three of them. Okay. Because they're on my phone. I, I, I think the Apple Arcade is going for more real games and not mobile things. I think they right. want you to play them on your iPad or on the bigger, bigger phones. Like the, yeah, the I iPhone was bummed to learn that bigger. I could not install this on my iPad. Yeah, or, yeah I was bummed too. I, I thought it was going to come out on the launch day, but not until September 30th. Um, so they, they, they made a big thing about the fact that you can use any of your Bluetooth controllers, uh, PlayStation four or Xbox and just mm-hmm. like, and it's seamless and it goes also the iPhone tens and 11s have much bigger screens by default. Sure. So, so people, they aren't expecting people to play this with iPhone fives and sixes. Right. So mm-hmm. they, they expect you're going to have this thing. You're going to have it on, on a dock on its side and play it with a controller. Um, yeah. So out of these 10 games, the only reason I only played three of them is because those three are the only ones that are kind of like what I would say classic mobile games made to be played in short stints with just your thumb. Um, the rest of them, I got them so that I can play them with my controller when the iPad launches next week. All right. Um, so I got Spider-Sauruses, Earth Knight. Um, uh, I got Lego Block party or something because that so it looks like a multiplayer smash brothers maybe type thing mm-hmm. uh patterned is one that i have actually been playing a lot of just because it's the music is really good there are several of these games that because um it's a subscription model 
you can download and developers can do neat and original kind of stuff like put really good sound and music in a game mm-hmm. and not have to sell you just on gameplay mechanics. They can sell you on the experience. A pattern is one of them. And it's the same thing with Sayonara. That's, okay. that's getting, Sayonara is getting the big news these days because the sound and music is incredible. It's a, it's an endless runner, but not endless. They have levels and boss fights and stuff like that in it. Um, okay. But it it goes with the music, and holy cow, does it have a presentation. It's crazy. Sid, Sid played a minute of it and then just kept playing until she finished the whole game. <laughs> uh, Oceanhorn 2, it's Zelda. It's Zelda on your, on your Apple. It totally okay. is. Assemble. Assemble is the other one that I'm playing that's an actual uh, use-your-thumb game. Uh, not incredibly deep gameplay mode, but got a great story. It's very calming and nice and great voice <laughs> acting uh spaceland and then for sydney she got cat quest too uh there's a ton but these are just the cat ones quest. cat quest yeah it looks really kind of interesting um but these are the the apple arcade just has like right off the, these are ones on the bat that i'm like this looks good this looks interesting okay I, i'm running out of time i'm gonna go away you know <laughs> right and right. until i can actually get my controller but i wanted to kind of mark them uh but really for five bucks i mean five bucks yeah, I, I can't yeah. buy a burger for that. Like you said, developers are getting paid. If they can get a little bit of money, good without having to feel that they have to put these energy bars into their games. Wow, yeah. that's we're all going to win for that. You know, I always I, I feel. How do you feel about like this in the Disney Plus? I I know we're up at our time, but I'd like to ask you. Disney Plus is coming out out with a price of something like what six seven dollars a month maybe eight um i don't know you told me seven so I don't yes know it's seven dollars a month and you can get it actually on a little bit cheaper deal if you do the disney movie thing but uh package seven dollars a month for massive amounts of content and this is apple coming out with five dollars a month with massive amount of content um some people have compared this to like Walmart flexing its muscles that other people can't get into this field and compete because nobody can do this kind of stuff for $5 a month. And it's kind of unfair. Do you feel that that's going to happen that they're just going to push everybody out and then raise their prices from $5 up to $15 eventually? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not an economist. Um, I was, I was going to say Netflix, I was going to use Netflix as an example, but I think they have eventually raised their they have raised their rates. I mean, Walmart Walmart does the thing where they come in and they drive all the local businesses out because they can't compete on price, but Walmart never gets better when everything else is gone. Like you go into a Walmart and even though it's the only place to find a lot of stuff, Everything there is still the cheapest possible thing you can get, right? Um, in both price and quality, right? But um, but as as Walmart came in, it wasn't necessarily cheap, cheap. It wasn't known as the dollar store when it first came into town, right? Mm. Like it was on par with like Target and Kmart and places like that. They were definitely the cheaper, but they weren't the dollar store places. You know. Okay, sure. Um. So, but now maybe they are up to that. They've you know sunk down to that. They're the they've run everybody else out, and now they're the the buyer bin. But uh, they weren't, and now that they've kind of pushed everybody. 
body out, they don't have to get quality anymore, you know, and they can raise their prices a little bit. Um, and Netflix was the example that the people give is that like it was, you know, eight, nine dollars. It was totally a deal. And now it's thirteen, fourteen dollars. So, yeah. I mean, all of that is really complicated when you're talking about content creation. Um, you know, there are things like web series, people fund stuff with with Kickstarters and Patreon. Mm -hmm. Um, I kickstarted a group of people who were doing new Star Trek episodes set in the original series. And they had acting and writing and special effects on par with classic Star Trek, which is not a huge bar, but it's not, you know, a group of friends in a garage, sure, you know, filming with their phones. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think... While you want everybody to have an opportunity, there are also cases where um, I heard that in an interview about Mindhunter, which is the the crime drama series mm -hmm. David Fincher did on Netflix, um, that he loved that experience because Netflix, as we know from all the mediocre stuff that they've made, because they've been at this position, who knows if they'll be able to keep that up once Disney Plus launches, um, had so much money that they could just throw it at people. They're like, right. yeah, here, make whatever you want. We're not going to hover over you. And because over the years, how many examples of like, think about a show like Lost, like that yeah. started out really intriguing, really amazing. This kind of, mm -hmm. um, you know, J.J. Abrams, like what's in the box mystery. And then it was so popular you know, executives at NBC made them keep doing it. And they're like, yeah. all right, well, we'll figure something out to make one more season because we all want to work and get paid and write and act and whatever. Um, and so they dragged it out, dragged it out. And then when they finally got to the ending that they probably had planned from the beginning, everybody was pissed off because like you, you wasted eight years of our lives to get to this, <laughs> like, well, no, they probably had like 10 or 20 hours worth of story that they right. had to extend out to 50 hours because of pressure from the network. Exactly. Um, that's just one example. That kind of stuff happens all the time. You know, you go all the way back to Firefly, everybody's favorite uh, yeah. show that got canceled. Um, right. And, you know, from a creative perspective, it's really great probably to have, you know, somebody bankrolling your project who has the funds to just let you try it like creative endeavors. We talked about this a couple months ago. Uh, creative works are inherently inefficient, right? There's no way to yeah. optimize like a group of people in a room figuring out what a good joke is or what a compelling yeah. dramatic story is like that's, that's by nature inefficient. Yeah. Um, well, speaking, speaking of bankrolling, lots of things for creative stuff, you and I next week, we're going to have to talk about, how Disney is now <clears throat> Disney slash Marvel is doing their TV streaming series differently than they did when they didn't have them on their own network. Like, and like I said, I don't want to spend any time on it today, but just okay. put a seat in you now is, is that how Kevin Feige is not only announcing 
these things at, at, at the, the big San Diego comic cons, but he's also making sure that top tier actors and actresses that are in the movies are also in the show, the, the streaming shows that are on their network, that they are, that they are tied in directly to the movies that are coming out, that they launch with the movies coming out. And that they have one-to-one relationship with the movie cinematic universe. Oh, it's like what they tried to do with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But... Well, it's actually what they said they couldn't do because it's too complicated. Right. Right. And with the, and with the Inhumans and with uh, all the, the Netflix series. So next week we should talk about that. Like how that, that's a lot of a conversation there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next week, we will talk about Mean Girls and, I guess, Marvel, Disney, streaming, and maybe, probably at least one other thing. We don't know yet. We we will talk about something, I'm sure. Something. (laughs) All right. You've been listening to Front Porch. This is episode 109. Thanks, as always, to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. If you like Star Trek or podcasts where people role play inebriated and make mm-hmm. terrible jokes hey we got, got one coming show. up in two days yep. we're gonna we're gonna play this week we had a lull in the posting that was my bad i had a, i thought i had an episode that was published and it was not it was sitting on my computer just waiting so uh we started the scenario that we did in person at oh, yeah. fox dencon last uh february right so that's exciting uh anyway that's Klingons and Dragons, KlingonsandDragons.com. It is not safe for work. If you have questions, comments, feedback on the show, you could tell us your favorite quotes from Office Space or Forrest Gump, and you like email, you can email us, frontporchpod at gmail.com. Or you can go on our website, frontporchpodcast.com. We've got comment boxes on all the episodes. We've got contact forms, um, the schedule for the 100 movies, which is more or less up to date. Um, and also subject to change at any time. So take that for what it's worth. If you enjoy this podcast, you can subscribe on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are found. Thanks as always for listening. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Hi, everybody. See you next time.